This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Haitian authorities have arrested a doctor suspected of carrying out a brutal attack that left Mr. Moyes fatally riddled with bullets and his wife, Martine, seriously injured. About two dozen Colombians have also been arrested in connection to the incident. Sanat was reportedly an informant for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, although the U.S. has denied any involvement. Senate President Claude Joseph has been named interim prime minister and requested that the U.S. send troops to assist the nation. But so far, the Biden administration has demurred, preferring instead to send a team of investigators. My guest is Jamima Pierre. She is the Haiti and America's coordinator for the Black Alliance for Peace. Welcome to the program, Jamima. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. So right away, when the news first came out of this shocking incident, the Guardian newspaper and some other publications were saying that witnesses heard the uh, assassins yelling DEA, U.S. DEA, and that there were men with American accents. Uh, The mainstream press in the U.S. didn't quite report that, although now they're saying that that was an attempt to implicate the DEA. What do you know about what the U.S.'s potential involvement is, understanding that, of course, this is very much an unfolding story. Yes, it's an unfolding story, but the U.S. is all over Haiti. The U.S. has been all over Haiti. And as I keep saying, nothing happens in Haiti without without the knowledge, support, um, um, political, as well as media, as well as money. Um, Nothing happens in Haiti without the U.S., the U.N., the core group, and the OAS. Nothing happens in Haiti without them knowing. And so uh, one of the things that's really fascinating about this developing story, which changes by day, um, at first was Colombian mercenaries, now it's Haitian Americans and this doctor being arrested. One of the things we have to keep in mind is that the details of this story actually hides the long-term and ongoing US, U.S. and U.N. and OAS control of Haiti. So what's fascinating about the story is that the Leon Charles, who's in charge of the investigation, was actually handpicked and put in place in consultation with the U.S. government, the, U, uh, the U.N. force, that, the U.N. Um, uh, office that's still controlling, controlling Haiti. And Leon Charles himself has a terrible history because he was in charge of the police right after the U.S. Canada, France, back ouster of Aristide, where he led multiple massacres of Haitian people who were protesting um, uh, the, uh, the, the ouster of Aristide. So we have to actually take everything that comes out of Haiti, especially as it is being controlled by a very specific group of people and, you know, the, the mainstream media who's actually, you know, it's, it's, its goal is to actually really uh, uh, affirm the fact that Haitian people are crazy and there's so much going on. There's a racist view of Haiti as things like, going out of, uh, out of control. We have to also understand that the people who control Haiti are the core group, the, the United Nations and the US State Department. And so once we get into the details of this uh, assassination, we, oh, we forget that the machinations are, are, that are happening behind um, the scenes are the same machinations that actually brought Moïse to power, that brought Leon Charles to power, that brought all these entities into power. I and see. I also have, and I, I'm, just one quick thing, mm-hmm. Most people in Haiti don't believe the, 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 the narrative, the current narrative, because everyone thinks it's an inside job, that there's a coup d'etat within the PTSK Moïse party, and that these people who are brought in and put in place by the U.S. State Department 
are using the U.S. media, but they're using all of this to, be, to provide cover for an inside job. So. So unlike the uh, coup that removed uh, Aristide from power, Jovenel Moise was not a left-leaning president of the people. He, in fact, the, the, was facing massive grassroots dissent uh, and uh, among uh, Haitians in an increasingly unstable nation. He was not very popular. But the timing of his assassination is also extremely curious, right? The day before he was assassinated, he named a new prime minister. And now because of the timing, because that prime minister wasn't uh, seated, didn't have time to be formally seated, because there's not, uh, there, there's there's a, a lot of chaos within the, the Senate, the Haitian Senate. Um, it seemed as though the timing was sort of perfectly set up to create a power vacuum, either that or it's just incredibly unfortunate timing. But as you suggested, this just seems like too much of a coincidence. It is, it is. And, and, and part of it, it it, Moise, of course, as you say, had never had a clear mandate to govern. And we have to go back to the fact that Moise was campaigned by Michel, Mar by Michel Martelly, who started the, his, the political party, the PTHK, the Ted Calais party. Now, Michel Martelly was actually forced onto the Haitian people by Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration in 2011, where there elections where he did not even make the, the first that he did not make in the early voting. And the U.S. government forced him to be in the second round. And the OAS oversaw these elections that brought him into power where he had very few votes and, not, and himself did not have a mandate. And so Moise and his handpick, I think as a placeholder for Martelly and this party, to continue the job that the U.S. government wants, right? Which is like the remaking of, you know, bringing back the, 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 the Haitian military, but also following all U.S. right-wing policies in Latin America, especially its, you know, its withdrawal of support from Maduro and the and Venezuela government, which in, in the crazy uh, uh, acceptance of one Guaido, that's what Moise did. Moise uh, had done everything that the U.S. government has wanted it to do. And Moise's term has been wrapped by protests, as you see, by embezzlement, um, by um, corruption, by violence, by, and, and then, you know, a week before Moise's uh, assassination, there was a massacre in Delma 32, overnight of 19 people shot, including a, a, a very well-known young Haitian activist and a, and a, and a newspaper uh, a columnist. And so all this violence had been happening under Moise with these gangs. The U.S. really stayed silent because they supported him. And the, the thing is, Moise's term, and Haitians will tell you, ended February 7, 2020, 2021. And the only reason he stayed in power was because the U.N. and the international community supported him. Now, about this, uh, this new uh, so-called president, Haitians don't necessarily accept him either because he was an interim prime minister, which was handpicked by Moise. And, and so... Moise had been ruling by by decree, so there was no there are no elected officials in his uh, organization. So for this guy Claude Joseph to name himself president, and then this is where you have the duplicity of the international community because a day after Helen Lalim, the UN uh, representative in Haiti, affirmed that uh, Claude Joseph would be the president of Haiti until elections. Now, who are these in international community people to make this decision for Haitians? without any consultation with Haitian people. So my thing is Moise was a bad despot, but we also have to keep our, we have to look broader to the, all the imperial machinations that are happening in Haiti. And, and all of this, the idea of intervention in Haiti is laughable because they, Haiti is under foreign occupation already since 2004. The U.S. is already deeply implicated in all the institutions of Haiti, the U.N. They, they're the ones that make the decision and now they're controlling the narrative 
around the investigation of the, of the assassination. And we should be very concerned about what's developing right now. So just to be clear, and, and it's a little confusing, so Claude, Claude Joseph was the prime minister. Uh, appointed, appointed. Not Prime Minister, right. and then Jovenel Moyes appointed Ariel Henry, uh, right. at, at, but before he could be seated, Moyes is, is uh, assassinated, and Claude Joseph then assumes the presidency. Uh, uh, like many other nations in the world, but unlike the U.S., Haiti has both a president and a prime minister. Exactly. So now Claude Joseph went from appointed prime minister to to self-appointed interim president. But going, and then claim a um, state of siege, which is martial law, which is, and, um, and is requesting U.S. troops. Right, right. And so that tells you part of that is I think they want the U.S. troops or the U.S. present, the U.S. present there to cover. That's what Haitians believe to cover what is effectively a coup d'état. And, and you know, there's been a recent a document by a lot of members of the Haitian um, civil society that actually says this is a coup and that um, the U.S. government and the international community is providing cover by affirming that this Claude Joseph, who was appointed by a de facto president, so by affirming this guy who was a form, appointed by a de facto president as president, they are participating in this ongoing coup. And so this is un, an ongoing intervention that we always have to keep in mind because it's not it wouldn't be just new intervention. It would just be an extension of an intervention that's been ongoing since 2004. So where does this leave the person that was named prime minister, Ariel Henry, I believe is his name, uh, and who is he? And, and also, right. essentially, it sounds as though there's n it's not clear who's in charge right now. Well, who's in charge is the international community, let's be real. I mean, we have to, you know, Haiti's sovereignty has been snuffed out since 2004. And so we have to be real about that. Ariel Henry, so all these, all these entities, all these figures playing in this, you know, in this emerging, um, 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 uh, you know, craziness around Haiti are all right wing U.S. supported people. So Ariel Henry was part of the group that, that, really pushed for the ouster of Aristide, and he worked in the so-called Council of Sages that the UN put together once they in invaded and, and, and occupied Haiti in 2004. So he was already working with the international community. So they, they all know him very well, including this doctor that was, you know, supposedly the mastermind. He is a very well-known operative in the Republican National, Republican National Committee. Uh, and so, you know, these are well-known entities to the DEA, to the FBI, and the CIA. So Part of that we have to understand for me, it seems to me like this is an affirmation of U.S. control and U.N. control of Haitian politics. And we have to be very careful about falling into the traps of the details of this and not calling out the, the ongoing imperial um, meddling that's going on in Haiti. What about these Haitian Americans that were reportedly involved and are being arrested? I mentioned a uh, Dr. Christian Sanon. Um, there's a video of him a few years ago that he, you know, appeared to have some interest in Haiti's political situation. Is it possible? And now we know that he, at one point at least, was an informant for the U.S. DEA, exactly. although the DEA is saying that he was not on their payroll. Um, what do you know about that? Well, I don't know much about it, except that all of these entities are linked to the U.S. one way or another, hmm. right? And so we have to know these informants, there are a number of informants. And so the Claude Joseph, for example, and that's one thing we have to remember, he was funded by the National Endowment for Democracy as the so-called student group against the Aristide. Um, back in 2000, he was a student. And then he came to the US and completed his PhD at a university in New York. So these people have been in the 
within the U.S. Um, 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 you know, uh, orbit, soft you power orbit for a long time. All of these people know each other. The U.S. knows all of them, which is why we have to keep the we have to keep the discussion about both what's going on in Haiti, which because what's going to happen is uh, the people who are going to suffer, especially under this state of siege. Um, when pe if people try to protest, they're going to be mowed down the same way they were under, you know, Leon Charles, who we have to be worried about, who was brought in late, you know, after he was kicked out of Haiti in 2006 for all his human rights abuses, brought in again with the support of the U.S. back in the fall to take over the Haitian police. And so we have to worry about the people, but we also have to think about this, this, this drama that is unfolding very much has all of its connections to one place, and that's the U.S. government. And then, and then you have the OAS and the United Nations giving cover for all of that. What about the fact that the Biden administration seems fairly reluctant to send troops? They want to send investigators. Even if the U.S. was involved, is it possible that this may be the result of long-term U.S. meddling and involvement where they've empowered proxy actors that have now sort of taken it upon themselves to 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 do this now and maybe the biden administration is sort of like we're not sure how much we want to get involved overtly just yet just yet and that's the key point right because they did come back and say they're not ready to send any troops just yet and so now if the if the narrative turns and people do start protesting and don't accept this narrative that these Haitian Americans cause a coup d'etat when you have a president's body riddled with bullets and none of his security is killed. Nobody is shot except for him and his wife. Hmm. Haitian people don't buy it, right? And so if this doesn't work, if the people that they're supporting, the Claude Joseph, the Leon Charles, the people who, who, who are investigating themselves, basically, uh, if this doesn't stick, then the U.S. will use the repression against Haitian protests as a, as, as a, as a pretext to, to send troops. But we have to be clear that the US is already there. And we have to also remember that the NYPD trained Haitian police. I don't know if you all remember this. This is back you know, in 2014, there was a news report about this. So the FBI, having the FBI there is actually having the same people who've been behind this, 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 this craziness in Haiti we, um, in, um, investigate themselves. It's, it's remarkable looking at the US media coverage of the assassination and seeing so little of the context of U.S. involvement, so little historical framing of how the U.S. is involved historically in interfering with Haiti through the U.N. and even the U.N.'s involvement, the U.N.'s very, very problematic involvement. You aren't seeing any of that in, say, the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal. Exactly. And so part of that is, is, is that's, the, the, that's, that's the point, right? So the narrative is because Haiti is seen as a basket case, as Haiti is always seen as a basket basket case because there's a racist narrative around Haiti, right? You can't get any report without, you know, the line, Haiti is the poorest nation in the hemisphere, right? And so there's always this narrative of Haiti as a basket case. And I have to point out that the last time there was an, a, a political assassination in Haiti was in 1915, and then the U.S. invaded and occupied Haiti for 19 years until 1934. And even then, back then in 1915, Haiti was being presented as a basket case, as these Black people who cannot rule themselves. And so this narrative fits right into the, uh, the way that the, the, the New York Times and the mainstream media has always reported on Haiti, as these crazy Black Haitians who don't know how to take care of themselves and who always need outside intervention. And so I always want to fight against that. And I'm glad we're having this discussion because the, this fits, you know, and so because the media 
media already feels this way about Haiti. It makes it easy them to buy this narrative of, of you know, of, of, of inter-Haitian situations, you know, that's behind this assassination and leaves out the imperial assassinations. The U.S. government, uh, in response to the concern that Mr. Moyes was overstaying his uh, term, simply said, well, there needs to be elections at some point this year, as if just democracy is all about just having an election. What? And of course, there is, just like there is in every other country in the world, in Haiti, there is an actual grassroots desire for and thirst for democracy. So what would a grassroots response to what is happening right now look like if you were to, you know, um, want to point people in the direction of those um, forces that are not getting mainstream coverage? How is civil society responding? Do they have the power to respond when the international community vis-a-vis the U.S. and the U.N. are so involved and they're the ones with the weapons? Yes, and they are, and, and they don't necessarily have the power. Look, when in, two, in, in February, when Moise extended his mandate um, illegally, uh, according to every measure, um, the grassroots actually came together, uh, the opposition parties came together and actually named a transitional government. They were ready to say, we need to stop all of this. We need to, all these people that are there, are, are, are usurpers and, and they need to be gone and we have, we have a way forward. They've never had a chance to continue. So, so even Fami Lavalas released you know, this, uh, this term called Sali Public, which means a complete um, um, restarting of, Haitian, of the Haitian political process. They've not, had, um, they've not had the chance to do any of that because what uh, Biden did, the first thing he did to say about Haiti was affirm uh, Moise's mandate. This is what Secretary Blinken said, right? Right when he got into power. Now, the, the U.S. thinks that they can paper over this with elections because they think by, by having these elections, um, they will say, well, we help assert democracy in Haiti. Let's know that the last few elections in Haiti have not been democratic elections. They've been run by the OAS. Right, which is part of the core group which runs Haiti. And everyone in Haiti sees that the entire political system is corrupt, has been handpicked by the international community from Moïse to Claude Joseph to Léon Charles, all of that. So all the Haitian society, civil society have been saying, we cannot have elections under these terms. And so if the US government thinks they're gonna force elections on Haiti, they're going to have protests in, in their, a lot of protests, like they were protested back in March, against these elections because these elections are considered fraudulent because they're considered they're coming from a, a place that's completely uh, illegal and unethical and so what what remains to be seen is the repression that's going to come when people start protesting uh, against these fraudulent elections and and that's when you'll see the u.s send troops and, and and i can see and i can see i'm worried about that because no one is listening to what people on the ground are saying, what civil society is saying. And what civil society is saying is no U.S. meddling, no U.S. U.N. intervention. They want these foreigners out of their country and they want to have control of their own sovereignty. And no one is listening to that part of the story. Give out a website, Jamima, for your organization, the Black Alliance for Peace. Yes, you can go to blackallianceforpeace.com slash Haiti. We have a lot of resources on Haiti. We have fact sheets on the UN, the US, the core group. We have um, historical things on Haiti. We'll put a link to that from our website as well. Jamima, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Sonali, for having me.
My guest has been Jamima Pierre. She is the Haiti Americas coordinator for the Black Alliance for Peace. We've been discussing the assassination of President Jovenel Moise in Haiti and the U.S.'s role. I'm Sonali Kohatkar. Our website is risingupwithsonali.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and watch all of our video interviews. You can also find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at RU with Sonali.